You're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about homosexuality. Roman, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Okay, let's get started. All right, season two, episode seven. We're in a good spot. Numerology, the number seven is good for us. There's some right. completeness. Seventeen right. is my favorite number. Oh, there you, you go. Know. So we're God. <laughs> There's seems a seven to, in there. Yeah, God seems to love the number seven. So why mm-hmm. not go for something? Jewish and, people like seven. Seven is the number of completeness. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great number. A lot of people, it's their favorite number. Mine's eight because it's one better than seven. Um, <laughs> that doesn't really mean anything, <laughs> but um. Well, this this is probably going to be a two-parter, so <laughs> yeah, seven and eight. Perfect, perfect. So uh, this is uh, this is going to be a very – you know what? I was going to say interesting that it almost makes it seem like there could be some – it could be negative, but I don't look at it as a negative conversation. I look at it as something – as a, a conversation of, of growth, a conversation of um, getting to know each other more, being able to grow the relationship that we have – um, right. Well, and this is drawing the line, right? So we, there are lots of different lines to be drawn or, mm-hmm. or maybe some lines to be moved or erased. And we're going to try to hit a lot of different topics. And so, um, yeah, there's the teaser. There's the wind up. Right. There we go. So we're, we're going to get into homosexuality. Yeah. I think it's, Which it's, is interesting that we're going straight to homosexuality before actually having anything about sexuality at all. Yeah. I, just even the fact that we're doing that, I, I will acknowledge that that's um, <laughs> just interesting. And that's v- how very Christian of us yeah. to sort of go straight to there right. instead well, we're, of... We're only in it for the views. So, I mean, <laughs> that's not that's true. why it's That's why it's going to be called Adam and Steve, right? 100%. I mean, like, oh, you see that? Oh, catchy. I probably disagree already. Let's talk about it. Right. Now, yeah. And so I am... I'm excited. I really like genuinely because, you know, growing up as a minister's kid, you know, this was yet again, one of those topics that, you know, wasn't really talked about that much. And when it was, it was like, absolutely not. Don't even consider. Well, how much fire is there around this topic? Oh yeah. And Christian conservative, you know, our, our typical disclaimers, conservative Christian circles, evangelical circles, Mm -hmm. how much, um, just ammunition and firepower and how much if you want to rile people up this is the thing to do and the reason i wanted to call i'll just tell you right now the reason i wanted to entitle this one adam and steve there there's a something that happened this was pre-covid um but my my kids at the time were uh attending a private christian school Mm -hmm. and there was a parents night so there weren't any kids in the audience but the superintendent of the school was speaking and he was talking about how within the high school league, um, sports league, they were considering implementing some some uh, rules that would, you know, be clear that transgender uh, parents could come to a facility or something to watch their kids play or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it got it got the superintendent very worked up, and during sort of as he was getting worked up and talking about how he was considering pulling the school out of sports 
completely so that the school would no longer have any high school sports mm. um, because he was concerned about this change. Somebody in the front row or near the front row stood up and said, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And then all around people store, sort of started like hooting and hollering and like fist pumping and like mm. yelling. And I was, I was there with my wife and I remember looking at her. I was kind of like, what is going on? Like everybody just got so fired up because he said Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. So I don't think you have to go back to your childhood or my childhood. This was like oh yeah, a year ago, right? Right. Yeah. Like this is still an issue that is uh, that is a hot issue mm-hmm. and a touchy issue for Christians. Yeah, and you know, and and I, it, I mean, it kind of makes me wonder why. Why is this something that we decide to be up in arms about? Why is this particular issue something that you know, if you were to have a conversation with a Christian, why do we seem to be very opinionated about this? Or and and let's park there for a little while, okay? Sure. Or why if you ask somebody who's not a Christian, hey, what what are Christians like? What are what are evangelical Christians like? Mm-hmm. What what's important to them? Then would not being anti homosexual right be sort of near one of the top, I mean, at least the the, the negative qualities that sure. would come out. Yeah, yeah, Might that not be near the top of the list as something that would characterize someone as being? Oh well, they are you know anti anti gay marriage, anti homosexual. Mm-hmm. I think anti in general is a pretty. I mean, you can get that from a fair amount of people, especially you know you know the the Gen Z and millennial generations definitely have you know seemingly excuse me, seemingly have that, that, that thought process towards the church is that we're just, we're very anti and against. Yeah. 100%. And, 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 and one of those things is, is, is homosexuality is, I mean, really anything within the spectrum of LGBTQ. Right. Um, anything beyond binary. Yeah. Traditional, even traditional gender roles. I mean, we did, we did a podcast several weeks ago talking oh, yeah. about women's roles particularly women's roles in the church but anything where a, a woman would have a non-traditional role or a man would have a non-traditional role however that's defined mm-hmm. um so but what i really want us to think about this roman i guess why is that why is this issue so so touchy do, do you think it might be because um it, it's something that you can point to that's like not you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's sort of a safe thing yeah. to, to point at. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's a safe thing to be like, oh, well, that is clearly sinful. Yeah. You know, that, is, that doesn't honor God mm-hmm. because it's, all, it's always on the other end of your pointing finger. Right. It's never um, – we tend to be much – I think much kinder on on things like greed or pride or or anything else that would almost necessarily like we've all sort of got it within us. But that mm-hmm. seems to one to be sort of like okay, um, if I'm a heterosexual, then how does it even really impact me? Mm. So what is it much easier to just 
point out, oh, well, this this activity is simple. And we'll get to scripture. I mean, there are scriptural, for sure, there are scriptural reasons why, and we'll, we'll sure. get into that. And, and, I, and I also think that it's something that, and I'm not saying, well, I don't know, for, for people that, that don't have um, a struggle or people that are not homosexual, I think that it seems like something that would be an easy fix or an easy yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, And so it's like, okay, hey, stop doing that now because I called you out on it. You should just probably stop. Right. And I, I personally don't view it that way, but I think that that's, it's, it's something that is, there is a, there's physical, you know, you know, obvious change that can happen right in front of you. Um, for, for that to be something that could become better or even worse. Right. And, and, and so to be able to call that out, you know, makes that something that kind of like you were saying is just, it's not me. It's not what I'm about. It's not who I am. It's not what I do. So I can, it's easier for me to say, Hey, you should change that because then I can see it's very clear and obvious that that's what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this, um, just sort of the, and, and I'll just kind of put out here right at the beginning. This is something, you know, where my, my thoughts and beliefs and, you know, positions, if you want to call it that, it has definitely changed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely has. But one thing that I, um, I wonder, I wonder if one of the biggest issues that Christians are concerned about is almost because of the environment that Christians themselves have created. I almost wonder, I, I'm thinking about this, you know, as a parent, it is you know, Christians who are parents or Christians who are teachers or leaders in churches, Mm -hmm. if really the biggest concern is not even so much, we'll talk about the sinfulness or or non-sinfulness of of, of homosexuality, but Mm -hmm. do you think Roman is, particularly as a youth minister, that maybe one of the biggest concerns is that people don't, Christians don't want to have a gay child? Mm. Or don't, don't want to create an environment where uh, being gay, and, and I understand for different people listening, like you said, some people feel like it's sort of like a light switch. Like, I'm going to decide to be gay today. And then other people realize that that's not, not a thing. Um, but that parents may think that, oh, if I'm, if I'm in this affirming, this gay affirming environment, that my kids will be gay. And... I, I believe that there are people that I know, people I'm even close to, people within the church, that would probably have an easier time with their kids being atheists mm-hmm. than being God-fearing, Bible-believing homosexuals. Do you, do you agree with that? Well, like, Well, I think that it's almost... Like if, if I think that there would be the argument there that if they're homosexual, they're not God fearing. Well, I guess maybe they would say that. Okay, let's say this: that it would be easier in some ways, or, or less embarrassing oh, for yeah, children embarrassing for, sure. for for children to be uh, engaged in all sorts of other activities mm-hmm. that would be seen as sinful. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But but for homosexuality. Yeah, oh, I completely agree with that. I think that you know I've actually. I've heard on multiple occasions that like oh, I'd rather my I'd rather my son do drugs and be gay. I'm like, oh my gosh, well you know, and and to me that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, to because to, obviously to me, and I mean, and maybe I'm giving away my opinion a little bit too early here, but 
I mean, that's just trading one sin for another, and what good is that, right? And that's that's clearly yet again clearly my opinion, but like I, I that makes no sense to me. I don't I that 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 thinking I just don't understand the logic behind it. Other than you just don't want to be embarrassed because you're trying to put up that what what a lot of people do that that like we you know good clean living we you know we have our stuff together as a family when we go to church and now it's like oh you know you know my son or daughter they're not here because they're with their you know significant other or you know they don't go to church anymore oh they don't even really want to be here anyway because you know they know that we don't like their lifestyle yeah and and that bothers me yeah so i will tell you i think this will be this episode will be a little bit uh, different um in some ways not not that we haven't had disagreements before mm-hmm. but i i will say i think i mentioned this right before we started recording roman yeah. that I mean, what what you're talking about, um, I know that for me, I had that mindset, I think, uh, for for a while where I, I saw, oh, well, wait a second. Why are we treating homosexuality like this completely different, untouchable sin relative to every other sin? Oh, right. right? Which is yeah. what you're saying. Um, I will just say that, you know, I have, and I'm not trying to say that I've like evolved to some, you know, greater knowledge than you have, or that I'm better than you or anything. I I humbly just, you better not Brad. I I just humbly (laughs) confess that uh, where I am right now is is I do not see based on a lot. And we'll talk about this, a lot of study and reflection. um, I don't view, not only do I not view same sex attraction, which I think we're going to talk about decoupling this from homosexuality, but Mm -hmm. not only do I not view same sex attraction, um, as as sinful, but also I don't view uh, committed monogamous homosexual relationships as necessarily sinful um, in the same way that a, a heterosexual relationship would be. So I think there's ways in all kinds of relationships that we can be quote unquote sinful in the sense that we can. Um, you know, first of all, you could com- you can cheat, you can commit adultery, you can do all kinds oh, yeah. of things within relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you can treat uh, you can treat sexuality as something that doesn't have value, um, and so you can get in all kinds of trouble with sex. Uh, but that that just so you know where I'm coming from, and then when we talk when we talk through the scriptures, I can sort of explain more of the reasons about why I got there. I do want to mention this story. I mean, I was looking at some different research. Depending on the research that you look at, uh, it's something like, um, you, you know, young people who, uh, who identify as, as gay, LGBT, um, they are something like two and a half times more likely to attempt suicide yeah. Then, then, then the normal sort of general population suicide attempt rate, which is still crazy high, mm-hmm. and has even you know been higher of late, you know during COVID with with kids away from school. So that's a thing that's going on that I would say is maybe not just fueled by society, but also fueled by the way religion, some religion, you know, some aspects of Christianity, but not just Christianity. There's other religions that certainly view homosexuality in this way that you actually have, you know, kids thinking they'd be better off dead than continuing to live a life where they're experiencing 
these desires that they're experiencing or, or trying to sort of uh, push through that or to, to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick personal experience I had, uh, and I realize these are just anecdotal, these personal experience, but I met a young man um, who was in his 20s, and I, I was going to a presentation, and we were sitting next to each other, and we were, I think we are both in like the front row to see this speaker, and I just started talking with him, and he told me about how he was raised Southern Baptist, and, um, and you know, when talking to him, I think, you know, he was there with his friend, I don't know, it was his partner or, or boyfriend or, or whatever, but, you know, I, I got the sense that he was gay, and then in just talking to him, I, I, I said, okay, well, you know, well, what, what was that like? And what, what got you interested in the speaker? And he goes, you know, actually, um, when, when I came out to my family, he goes, my family, you know, grew up in Southern Baptist church. My parents, you know, in church, we were in church all the time. When I came out to my family, um, the week after I came out to my family to include his dad, his dad killed himself. Oh gosh. And when he told me that I was just like, I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever been more at a loss for words. I think I just put my arm around him and I was just like, Oh my God. I was just like, I don't even know what to say. And he was telling me how this, this speaker who the speaker we were seeing, we were, we were, we went to see, uh, was somebody who's gay affirm LGBT affirming, um, Christian speaker. And he talked about how long it took him to sort of come back. That was when he was like 17, 18 years old. So he was at this point, he was in sort of like his mid, uh, early mid twenties. Mm-hmm. He talked about how it took years for him to sort of be able to come back to any form of Christianity because of that experience. Mm. Um, so anyway, I, that, that, you know, of a bunch of different, uh, experiences in my life, that is certainly one that impacted me heavily because it just kind of put a face on how, um, how, uh, how intense, the feelings and the beliefs are around this subject. Oh yeah. Especially when it comes to conservative Christianity and especially when it comes to like family members mm-hmm. being uh, oh, of, yeah. of one of these persuasions. Mm-hmm. It is like, it is really volatile. Oh yeah. Well, and it's, it's unfortunate because I think a lot of what the Bible speaks on as far as, you know, sexuality in general, a lot of the things that it's like, Hey, don't do this. It's not like that only applies to, you know, homosexuals. It applies to any relationship. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I know it, it basically says, um, you know, you're supposed to stay away from all sexual promiscuity. Right. And then a lot of people are like, Oh, as homosexuals, that means you can't be homosexual. So I don't mean, yeah. I mean, yes, you can interpret it that way. Well, sure. If it's illegal to get married, then everything is, is, is fornication. Right. But, but then you can also, but you, what the point that I'm trying to make is that you can also, it's like, that doesn't, people are really okay. Like, you know, the, the father killed himself over his, you know, child being gay. But like, if, you know, 
Right, he gets someone pregnant, at, exactly. a woman pregnant is, at a wedlock. Is, is the dad doing that? R- right. Probably not, not. Right, likely not. Exactly, and so that that is the thinking that we that, in my opinion, we have to get away with it. It's this, it's this crazy, like you said earlier, this untouchable, unforgivable, most ridiculous sin that has ever existed of all time. And I don't believe that. Yeah. Do I believe that it is sin? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I believe that lying is a sin? Yes. Can I look at them the same way? I should, and I try to. Right, and and so and I and I hear you, and and trust me. I mean, I have, I have a number of friends just like you, Roman, my friend, uh, who have yeah. the, like that that same view. Um, but I I do want to at least propose some alternatives for other people out there, um, and and maybe we can do that by looking at some scripture um, to talk about you know some of these. Uh, intense passages. Some people call them clobber passages. I think we called them the clobber passages when we were talking about women and women's roles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the texts of terror. The texts of terror mm-hmm. th- th- that are used offensively, sort of like a, like a sniper rifle whenever you're, you're, you're talking about homosexuality. But I, I will just say, you know, for me, um, the, you know, I, I mentioned that one story, but for me, it was really two things, two significant things that started to work on me and change my mind um, about this subject. One was actually um, not just meeting, but knowing and befriending and spending time with people who were gay. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So that, um, I think it's like, I mean, I I realize we're talking about homosexuality, but it's sort of like... um, Sort of like having a you know a, a Muslim neighbor or something like right. You, you can say everything you want about you know Muslims and Islam or or, or whatever. I'm just using that as an exa- a stereotypical example until you have you know a, a Muslim neighbor move in. Yeah, and then you know they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. They're the best neighbor you ever have. And then all of a sudden, all of your preconceived notions and your stereotypes they start to break down. Yeah. Because maybe everything that you've seen or heard or has been, uh, you know, confirmed through various channels of where you take information, all of a sudden they're starting to break down. So for me, it was definitely number one, actually interacting with and befriending and with both me and my wife with with people um, in this community, but also it's definitely uh, being a parent is the second thing. Mm-hmm. being a parent and having children and really having to come to grips with and to think about uh, like that scenario that I raised with this guy and his kids. Like, you know, what What if you have a child? What if your child, um, not necessarily for, for me personally, although including for me personally, but of I think about all the parents out there who have children who uh, identify as gay. Mm-hmm. And I think about, or transgender for that matter, I mean, we're really sort of, I guess, focusing on homosexuality, but it could be a- any of these, you know, non-traditional um, gender identity, but we're really talking about sexuality. Like, what is that like? And what, how would God have me view my own child that that does that, that reveals that, right, to me. And then I think the second level of that was like, how does God view God's own children who identify in that way? So those, for me, those are the two things that 
you know, sort of brought me through a, a change and an evolution here. I just want to be completely forthright. Oh, about sure. That. And I don't, I don't have kids. I work with kids and, um, it's fun and it's enjoyable. And, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that I make, I don't know, hopefully I've been making it clear, but I hope that I can make it very clear now by saying that there is no place in the Bible that allows for hateful or hurtful comments or any forms of rejection towards individuals that consider themselves homosexual. It does not exist in Christianity. That I, I agree with you right there. And I think what becomes pro, what has become more problematic for me is that notwithstanding that, I agree with you a hundred percent, is that you know the churches, many churches, would not allow someone who identifies as homosexual to to be a member of their church, mm-hmm. m- much less attend the church even right or, or certainly to have a role of, of leadership or anything like that but let's just start with with membership so I think you know it's one thing to say okay you can't you shouldn't hate someone they shouldn't be treated differently except for the fact that they can't be a member of the church so mm-hmm. do you know what I mean no right and like, I think that that's completely wrong I don't I think that makes no sense because if, if we are supposed to um, you know, we're the bride of Jesus, right? So how did Jesus act? How did Jesus, you know, how did, well, the way, right? You know, we talked about that a few pocket, few episodes ago, right? And, you know, what did he show? Who was he hanging out with? Who were the people that he decided to be around? You know, people just like us, people who make mistakes and sin. Um, but, you know, in society, we're probably more known for it than other individuals, right? And so, you know, that... To, to me, that is the most ridiculous thing that the church can do because we have a responsibility and it's not, you know, and, and sometimes I think that we lose sight of what that responsibility is. And yeah. that's like, oh, we got these people here. Let's nurture them and fatten them up and then we'll be good. Right. Instead of there's all these people that are starving and that need this nourishment. And yet we refuse to reach out to them because we're too busy looking inward. And, and then the people that, that, that have the opportunity to come in that have their, that, you know, that, that, that have flaws because everybody has them, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, homosexuality, whether it's lying, whether it's, you know, alcoholism, whatever, right? Yeah. All kinds of addiction, all, all or, kinds yeah. of issues, right? Mm-hmm. N- nobody is perfect. You know, we've, that is something that's well established. Everyone is a sinner, regardless of whatever that sin is. Um, everyone sins. And we have to be able to be okay with that and have an understanding of how God views that sin. And I think that's sort of, sort of where you were going earlier. And, and on that note, you had mentioned it previously, the idea of same-sex attraction. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I would like to say that I, I have a friend that, that has that struggle. Um, this individual does not act upon the same-sex attraction. They believe it to be sin. Um, if they were to act on that. And so they're like, no, I'm not doing it. I'll do everything right. I can to stay away from that because they believe it to be sin. And uh, one, I, I commend them for that. I don't understand that struggle. I don't know what that's like. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can, I can make an attempt to relate with other things that I struggle with. Right. But it's not the same. And, um, 
And, and so I have that example of a friend and then I've also had conversations with other individuals that are like, you know, it's not fair that that's, this is my thorn in the flesh, right? Like, this is what I'm struggling with. And, you know, and, and, and to the, to the statement of it's not fair, I, I feel like we should probably make it pretty clear that the Bible doesn't say that once you decide to love Jesus, that life becomes fair. Yeah. But I, I really, ha- I have a big issue with that because I think that is so easy for me to say as somebody who is married, as somebody who, because I can tell you, I am not somebody, just me personally, I'm not somebody who's good alone. Sure. Okay. And I just happen to be attracted to women. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, and, and that part of my life is incredibly important to me. My wife, I've been married for almost 20 years. Yeah. And that part of my life, the, the intimacy, the sexuality, all of it is incredibly important to me. And for me to sort of on my soapbox say, you know what? Um, God never said life was going to be easy or fair. So, you know, I got my thorn in the flesh and it's, you know, fill in the blank. It's, it's greed, it's addiction, it's this or that. And guess what yours is? You can never marry anyone. You can never act on the love that you feel for another person, your desire to be in relationship with another person. I've, I feel like I don't have the authority. I don't personally have the authority to say that to someone. I know, I think what Christians do is they then appeal to the Bible for that authority. But I can tell you, if somebody told me, guess what, Brad, you are not going to be following God if you continue to be with your wife, or if you continue to be attracted to women, or if you continue to, you know, like if this was happening in the run-up to me getting married. Right. If you continue to be attracted to your wife, you are you are displeasing God. That is sin. And if you get married to, oh, that's the, the double, then you're living in sin. I that would not have worked for me. Now, what is it? Did I, did I win the lottery of, of being heterosexual? I mean, a, a lot of us does, I think, come back to the science and the biology. Oh, yeah, because uh, I, I was going to say, do, do you? so are we assuming that you're born homosexual? Well, I think that absolutely what the, the, the classical uh, conservative evangelical Christian view would be, oh, these people are just... You know, homosexuals or LGBT, they're just choosing, they're choosing to live. They want to live a transgender life. They want to be gay. They want to, um, uh, you know, they want to be attracted, not to the opposite sex. What they need to do, I'll use this phrase, they need to pray the gay away, right? <laughs> I've and, heard that, yeah. Right. They need to pray the gay away. And But the, the, the problem is, is that, you know, when you, when you read um, and you listen to uh, uh, Christians, Christians, and I'm going to, I'm going to take people at their word that they believe in Jesus Christ and that they're Christians and that they're gay at the same time, but that have tried to do this. And I'm not saying, you know, maybe there aren't some other counter examples, but you have people who have tried to do this and have tried to live these heterosexual lives and it, it doesn't work. It falls apart. Um, and because, uh, to, to circle back to your question, mm-hmm. I think, you know, there, there's significant evidence and, and we won't be able to, you know, I, I guess com- probably come to some re- complete resolution on this debate, but there's certainly lots of evidence that, you know, this is not a choice. This is not a choice like choosing what color car you drive, right? That this is an immutable trait on a, on a spectrum, 
you know, certainly there are people, you, you and I, Roman, I think both know people who are, who are male and are, are more effeminate or who are female and who are more masculine. Yeah, I would say that. Right? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a spectrum here, but I think within that spectrum, I certainly have personally um, had friendships and relationships with people who have absolutely no desire, men, who have absolutely no desire to ever be with a woman in any kind of way other than a friendship way. Mm -hmm. No sexual attraction and will never be sexually attracted to a woman. They're just not in the same way that I would say the same thing about a male. Somehow when it's, when it's hetero, we understand that. Right when it's hetero, so when, when you and I are talking about it and, and I say, hey, hey R Roman, are you sure? Are you sure that next month you might not, you might not be attracted to men mm -hmm. instead of your wife, instead of women? You can be pretty confident about that, but for some reason with homosexuality, we think, oh, well, it doesn't work that way with homosexuality. It's a choice. Right. But you didn't choose it, and I didn't choose it in terms of uh, what we're attracted, who, who we're attracted to, what sex we're attracted to. And I understand that I'm kind of throwing arguments at you here. I don't mean to be argumentative. I'm just <laughs> telling you where. You're good. No. I'm a lawyer, man. I can't help it. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, yet again, I mean, these are things that people get fired up about because they're passionate about it and it's okay to be passionate. Like there's yes. no, there's no, there's nothing wrong with being passionate and, 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 and believe and having your beliefs. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's okay. I mean that, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, we kind of talked about or, or, you know, you kind of even, you had texted me before, right? Was that, you know, this is going to be one of those things that like, hopefully we can have this conversation and though we disagree, we're going to be done with this episode and we're going to hang out right. and you're going to be a part of a baptism that we're going to have later on at right. the church building. And right. we're going to celebrate. Not a gay baptism, right. but a, a baptism. <laughs> well, and we're going to celebrate and it's going to be yes. a fantastic time. Yes, for sure. And yes, our life isn't, isn't, our life isn't about this conversation. I think what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find, uh, you know, and all I've been, you know, praying for all day is just to have the spirit, uh, help guide in terms of wisdom of how to articulate. I can tell you one reason, probably the primary reason I'm so passionate about this. And then why don't we talk about Sodom and Gomorrah just to make sure we get okay. to some scripture. Yeah. Probably a good idea. Have to shut down. But, um, you know, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this, you know, not even though this isn't something that necessarily, you know, touches me directly in my life is, uh, number one, I sort of feel the need to speak for people who are, who are not speaking or who can't speak. But also I have seen in families where this creates distance between parents and children, I think mostly because of the scripture. And that is really... Uh, Wait, can I can I make a statement? It's sad to me. Can Go I make ahead. a statement? Yes. I, I don't want to say scripture. I want to say the interpretation of scripture. Well, th yes. Uh, what, what the what the parents would say is scripture. Right. There we go. Okay. I, just just be. That's a me person. No, thing, I right? I love it because this all really comes down to interpretation of scripture. 100%. Let's go to Genesis 19. I have you had a real Bible last week. Now you're doing the. Now you've got the electronic one, and I've got the paper one. I've I've modernized. Pages. I don't know what this pop screen. Oh yeah, that? that's gonna be nice. <laughs> 
What's that going to sound like? It kind of sounds like somebody has an upset stomach. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. So, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and this word that comes out, this, you know, this word, mm-hmm. so- sodomy, sodomite, um, that comes out of this story. Uh, you know, this, this, is a, this is a weird story. He's kind of nuts. It's a really bizarre story. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts with, you know, the, these angels that come and Abraham in, in chapter 18 of Genesis, Abraham pleading for Sodom. And it's like, by the end of it, you sort of get the idea that there aren't anybody good in Sodom, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's n- nobody good there. And so something bad is about to happen in Sodom. Uh, and so then two of the angels, two of the three, I don't know where the third one went, but the, the two of the three arrived in Sodom and they, they came to see Lot and, you know, Lot immediately, like, like a good Middle Easterner is hospitable to them. Yeah. He sees them and cause he's sitting at the gate and he bows down and says, my lords, please turn aside your servant's house. You can come wash your feet. You can cut, you know, I'm going to feed you, spend the night, stay to the morning. Um, and then they want to spend the night in the square. And then we, we kind of know what happens next. Again, it's, it gets a little weird, mm-hmm. but the people of the town come out and they're like, hey, we want to have sex with these angels that came, <laughs> you know, these visitors. It's really weird. Like, I mean, they're and they start beating on the door and it's like they want to, I don't know, rape the the people that are in there and it gets even weirder or worse because lot is like, no, no, whatever you don't do this again, back to this, this idea of, of middle Eastern hospitality is like, but you can take my daughters, mm-hmm. right? You can take my daughters and they're, you know, th- they're not happy with that. The angels end up pulling lot back inside and lot and his wife and his daughters end up escaping fire from heaven, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And I think what, I mean, you tell me if there's a sort of a different moral, but I think the moral, even though there's all this sort of weirdness about the angels and shoving the daughter, I'm, I'm, I'm totally not going into the fact that he offered up his daughters to be right. That's to weird. be that's, raped and weird, whatever. Man. Okay. I mean, right. just, they, I guess they were property. I don't know, but Probably. It gets weird with the daughter, even weirder with the daughters later. But the takeaway, um, you know, right here, very early on in the scripture in Genesis 19, is this idea that homosexuality is wrong or that homosexuality is the reason why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Is that right or is that how it was taught? I mean, how were yeah, you how, taught? That's how I grew up here. Like that? Yeah, that's how I, you know, grew up. It was, you know, they, you know, the, the city was just so evil and full of this, you know, sexual immorality. And so God was like, mm, here's some fire. Boom, you're gone. I mean, it's essentially what I remember growing it up and being about. Yeah. And, and then we get the word sodomy or yeah. sodomite from, yeah. from the city of Sodom, right? Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is when you actually read the story very closely, I mean, whether they were... Whoever they were pulling out, I mean, this was antithetical to the custom of the time, to the hospitality culture and custom of the time. I mean, if if you had friends over to your house and then your neighbors down the street came beating on the door and said, who just came over? 
send them out so we can have sex with them. Like that wouldn't go over well now either. No. Right? No. So if you actually go to the book of Ezekiel where we get God, God this is this is God speaking. This is uh, Ezekiel chapter 16 mm-hmm. starting in verse 49. Um and, and Ezekiel or, or God is actually talking about, hey, what's going on here is worse than what was going on in Sodom. Right. And w- the way God describes what was going on in Sodom, he, he says, now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. This is what Sodom was doing wrong. She and her daughters were arrogant. Mm-hmm. They were overfed and unconcerned, and they did not help the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and did detestable things before me. Now, I think what ends up happening is that a lot of people say, well, oh, okay, so the detestable things, that must have been the homosexuality part. But notice that, you know, first of all, homosexuality doesn't come up in the story itself. Mm-hmm. But that, that's not what God says. God says that it's all these other issues, that it's their arrogance, that they were overfed, unconcerned, didn't help the poor and the needy. And then we see that borne out with these angels. So I, I think what, I'm, what I want to do is I want to make sure, you know, there are certain scriptures that we assume say a certain thing and we assume mean a certain thing, but I'm not sure that we actually take the time to really read them and to and to think through exactly what these scriptures say. You know, one interesting point that I, you know, came across and and getting ready for the class today is that the word homosexual or homosexuality did not appear in an English Bible until 1946. Mm-hmm. In other words, like you know, d- during my father's lifetime, right? That no time in the 1900 years before that did that word appear. And, you know, we won't have a chance, like you said, there's going to be a part two and we are for sure going to get into, you know, some of the new Testament clobber passages on this and talk. Mm-hmm. I know you've done like some word studies and looked at that. And we oh can, yeah. We can certainly look at that, but I do think that it's interesting that, one of the things we're trying to do here is we're trying to take a, a vignette and a story from the Old Testament from thousands of years ago and kind of then lay it on top of a society and what the culture is right now in our world that is completely and totally different than what it was back then. I mean, that's going to be a common thread, I think, of what we're going to talk about in the New Testament, too. Oh, sure. You know, and, you know, and and I know that, you know, as as we continue to talk about this, I know we're we're wrapping up now, but as we talk about, you know, things next week, we'll get we'll get more into the discussion of, you know, the idea of, of, you know, marriage um, between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. Yes. And and, you know, what scripture kind of talks about that way and, and and we could go back to gen we always like to go back to genesis right oh, oh absolutely you genesis gotta, i mean we've been in genesis 19 but we we all we like to go back to creation oh right, right. well we i mean to. and, and what, when jesus quotes it it's probably important right you know yes. so you know i i get it and and so um i i look forward to the idea of of more discussion on this and i i also like the fact that like and not that i ever thought that this was going to happen but like i don't hate you now 
Yeah. You know, it's amazing that like we can have this but conversation. You after the mic's cut off. The, the, yeah, we won't really talk about what happens <laughs> after. There'll be no outtakes or bloopers or anything. <laughs> but You had um, a pretty good outtake before, but I don't think it's going to make it to the real. No, no, it won't. We're, we're, we already cut that. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I think... Uh, one of the important, I know that like this, this whole topic is, is on the idea of homosexuality and, and, and our thoughts. Right. But I think just as important because I think this matters just as much to a lot of individuals is that this conversation creates distance between yeah. people yeah. and between relationships yes, and yes. it's unnecessary Yeah, because that's not biblical. Yeah. You know, it, that doesn't make that the Bible is not like, Oh, you disagree with them. Peace out. Yeah. That's not a Bible thing. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I also don't like view you as my enemy now yeah. or like, I, I don't, I don't look at you as someone who's different. Um, we're still friends. It's the exact yeah. same. Right. And so right. Th- that, I, I mean, obviously that's not, that's not the focus of this episode, but it's, it's in my eyes just as important. Yeah. And I, and I almost wonder if we're able to do that, if almost, you know, with people within the LGBT community, you know, I, I know, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that don't have um, uh, relationships or significant relationships with people within those communities. But I'm speaking, I guess, to those who do. To those who do, I think treating people, back to something you said earlier, treating people um, in the Jesus way mm-hmm. is does not change when somebody has a different sexual orientation, when right. somebody has a different religion, when somebody is your enemy, according to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change. Yeah. The love that is supposed to drive your interactions mm-hmm. is the same love. It's from the same spirit. It should all be coming from the same place. So yes, in our con- I'm glad you know that we can... And, and I, I do think that it's important that because there is um, so much heat surrounding this subject, that if you do talk to somebody, you have to have some kind of a relationship with them. Oh yeah. As opposed, because I think it can end up with like, oh okay, well you think this, well I think this, we're we're going our separate ways, and we're never going to agree. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, hey, can we look at some of the scriptures? Why don't you, you know, you can do some study, I can do some study, and guess what? Let me tell you about what I've experienced in my life, and what I've experienced as a parent, what you've experienced as a youth minister, what you've experienced with your your friends who you know dealt with same-sex attraction and, and and others in similar situations, and then what do we do with all that? Yeah. How do we process that? So yeah, I, I hope that you know I think we will. We'll continue to do that, but I also think it's an opportunity for us to think about, hey, how do we interact with people that are different than us, yeah. and how do we still show them Jesus? One hundred percent. Oh yeah. I mean that's I mean yet again that's the that's the way. How can, how can we show Christ? How can we, how can we, you know, be God for somebody, you know, because he's given us the gifts and the abilities to do that. How can we, how can we? And when I asked the question, you know, two, a week ago, two weeks ago, I can't remember if it was episode six or episode five, but when I said, you know, Jesus spent all his time with the people who for the religious class were like, oh, these are the sinners. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. these are the people. And not only are they sinners, man, these are the prostitutes, right? Mm-hmm. These are the tax collectors. These are the people that have joined forces with the Romans to be against us. These are sort of the worst of the worst. And I said, you know, who would you, that's who Jesus was hanging with, 
who would you ha- be hanging with? I mean, in my mind, I was thinking about, I was sort of planting the seeds for this maybe. I was thinking about the LGBT community, right? right. Because I am convinced that those people who, you know, the, that, the, that the evangelical Christian community clearly labels as sinners, that Jesus would have no problem Oh yeah, spending time with that group because why do I know that? Because that's exactly what he did in mm-hmm. the first century. Hundred percent is that he spent time with those people that were counted out. Yeah, the people that were poor spirit, the people that were poor, and the people that were seen as sinners. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, um, thank you guys so much for you know taking this time and being with us this week. Look forward to wrapping this up. Well, I say wrapping it up. I mean, maybe looking forward to talking more about it next week and and, and getting into a few more little details here and there. Um, I enjoyed it. I always enjoy it. It's always a good time. Um, And, you know, me and Brad are still friends. We are. Always. I think that's how it's going to work. Right. Yeah. So till episode eight, I did not get a really confident (laughs) response right there. So maybe (laughs) I thought you were cutting the episode right there. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for joining us. And uh, we look forward to being with you guys next week. Have a blessed day.